This time on Holy Ghost Notes. What what happened? Some lady came and slapped me across the face. Wait, 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 wait. It's ridiculous that we even have to say it. It's, pre- it's pretty pretty simple. And a lot of you might have turned this episode off by this point. <laughs> What's going on? This is Matt and Tim, and you are listening to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. Welcome, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. How's it going? It's going very well, Tim. Um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the movie that I've already told you about, but okay. Uh, what I wanted to tell you is that it, it seems to be the trend now in my friend group that every time we're together, one of them asks me to show up to their kid's birthday party dressed as Peter Chris of Kiss. And uh, so <laughs> I'm going to need you to locate the full-blown outfit head to toe if you can, if you could find that for me. Okay. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if it's to my benefit or not, but I was in, if you're listening to this and you don't know about this, uh, I was asked to be in a movie about the band Kiss. More broadly yeah. speaking, it's about Neil Bogart, who founded Casablanca Records and signed Kiss. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of drummers were submitted. Um, I didn't know about any of this, but my name was included as uh, to be the drummer in Kiss, and they selected me. And so I drove out to Jersey couple of weeks ago and filmed it. That's awesome. Makeup. So exciting. Full blown wig, wardrobe, the whole <laughs> thing. And my friends think it's, I think my friends think it's hilarious and also like a, a sliver of cool, but mostly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So that's the weekly, um, the bites. That's, that's the every other week update. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Definitely hilarious. <laughs> It is. I still laugh hilarious. every time, and I, I mentioned this last time, but every time I get a call or a text from you, I have that picture as your featured picture. <laughs> so I just see <laughs> you in full kiss attire, <laughs> makeup, spandex. It's hilarious. Is that why you laugh so every funny. time you pick up the phone? That's you just why start I'm by laughing. laughing. That's pretty much why I'm laughing it's like, every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matt. I'm like, what? Yeah. What happened? What's up, Matt? <laughs> You sound, something's not okay. What's wrong? Yeah, because now I just picture it when I'm not seeing you like I am now. I just picture you in that. I just think I'm I'm talking to Matt right now. He's definitely wearing this makeup in this outfit while I'm talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I need to get a hold of it. I thought about asking uh, how much money it would take to, to buy the two outfits. I had to wear two outfits. One was okay. just comfy Levi jeans and a very uncomfortable leather vest. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then the other, the, oh my gosh, the other one was basically a wetsuit. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Neoprene from head to toe. You're about to walk on the WWE stage. (laughs) I have so much I want to tell you about it, but I I can't really talk about all of it on here yet. Yeah. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're like, what movie is this? It's called spinning gold. You can look up, uh, you can look up on IMDb. Uh, I guess originally they had casted Justin Timberlake to play Neil Bogart and now really? they that that was like a decade ago it's okay. been it's been in the making for a while that's awesome and then they got wow. Jeremy Jordan who's a, a Broadway singer and they have a bunch of famous actors and actresses in mm. it and yeah I was just that's really so cool. I mean I was just honored to be a part of this thing I, I can't believe that I'm gonna be in a movie it doesn't even seem real <laughs> yeah. um and I don't think it will seem real until I get to the premiere and I show up and um see my band again see my kiss band members again and even then it might not feel real (laughs) right true we'll see when it happens hopefully it's coming out later this year or next year first of many movies this is just this is just the start (laughs) 
<laughs> Man. But none as bizarre as this one. That's true. Maybe next time you'll be playing the drummer of Guar. <laughs> <laughs> Slipknot. Or Slipknot, yeah. <laughs> Joey Jordison. That'd be funny. So before we dive yeah. into this, we've got some exciting topics for you guys today. Um, but I just want to say something really quick. Um, I had a conversation with someone who reached out after our last episode, uh, episode 54, and um, asked me politely, um, or called me out politely <laughs> for something that I said, and I just want to actually call attention to it because I think it's really a really important distinction. So I was talking about um, how Jesus came uh, to uh, abolish the law, which is actually not true, and I misspoke. He did not come to abolish the law. <laughs> um, and and the reason why this is an important distinction is because uh, the law is good. And if Jesus came to abolish the law, that nullifies the law itself. Um, so he did not come to abolish the law. And actually, I'm going to pull up the verse real quick, um, uh, just so we can read this real quick, because um, this distinction is really important. It's Matthew five, seventeen, and it says, uh, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And um, that is really cool, because um, it basically means that the law is good, um, and it was given to us by God, but Jesus came and fulfilled the the need for that law. We are no longer held to it. We're no longer convicted by it. <laughs> we are, it is fulfilled, um, but it's still good. Hmm. Um, so I just wanted to, so, so thank you uh, for calling me out. Um, and I don't want to mention your name just in case <laughs> I don't want to throw you under the bus. But uh, I do want to say that it's important. We have a platform, Matt, and I recognize that we have a platform here and that a lot of people listen to us and uh, take our words at face value and just trust that we've done the research and trust that we know what we're talking about. That's not always the case. Um, sometimes in these conversations, they are so off the cuff and so spur of the moment and they are coming from the heart that sometimes we will misspeak, um, say things that we don't necessarily mean, misquote things. Um, so for one thing, I want you all to be mindful that we are not, uh, perfect in any way. Our opinions are our opinions and they're taken from our life experiences, which is a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Um, so take everything we say with a grain of salt, but also, um, feel free to call us out. If there's something like this where, you know, I literally misquoted the Bible, <laughs> mm -hmm. reach out, let me know. Um, I won't be offended. I, I love that. Like I was so happy that, uh, someone came and brought it to my attention because, um, now I can clarify, uh, an important distinction that should be clarified. Um, so yeah, side note, just wanted to throw that out there before we really get into this, but um, always feel free to call us out. Always take what we're saying with a grain of salt. And, um, and, and lastly, we just really appreciate uh, the platform that we have. We respect it. We honor it. We don't want to take it for granted. And thank you all for giving us this platform and for listening to us and for joining in on the conversation. It's, it's uh, incredible. It's good. Trust but verify. That's right. Yep. So there's a conference coming up I want to talk about 
Um, I mentioned it in pre-roll, so I'm sorry for anyone in the inner circle that this is redundant. Uh, but it's it's an important it's an important gathering is is what your life is calling it. Um, so Jake Lore is the singer of my band August Springs Red. Started Heart Support. Heart Support is affiliated with Your Life, which is Jake's new gym in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Your mm-hmm. Life is hosting a conference, which they're calling the first annual gathering. It's July eighth through the tenth. I will be there performing and speaking on July tenth about some of my experiences. But really, uh, the overall arching you know, the overarching theme of this is, um, it's about, it's about self-care, caring for others. It's about PTSD and its effects on family members. It's about mental health. It's about eating disorders and addiction. Um, and it's, it's also about physical health and the implications that that has on your mental health. So this is an important conference. And in the lead up to this episode, I was saying, um, I'm really tired of hearing about people who are um, struggling with anxiety and depression and don't and don't feel like they have anywhere they can talk about it, and I'm really sick and tired of hearing about um, it being this this thing that you sort of you know push under the rug and uh, it's stigmatized yeah. and um, you shouldn't be dealing with this as a Christian and you just need to pray it away. No nonsense. Um, it, it's, it's, it is frustrating to me that that climate and culture exists. It's wrong. It is so far from the truth. It's so far from what Jesus, um, <laughs> from how Christianity should be approaching <laughs> this, right. this topic. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, without speaking to the negative, I'll speak more to the positive. Here you go. There's a co- or yeah, there's a conference, there's a gathering where you can come and you can hear and learn all about this because we're all going through something. As the the famous expression is, "Be kind." Everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Um, we're doing this this conference or this gathering with the the sole heart is 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 to really take care of of people and really to preach to that idea that you know you're not alone in this mm-hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> And to hopefully, you know, walk away from this gathering with a better understanding of, of how to work through things that you feel like are uh, mountains too high to climb. So uh, yeah. it's July 8th through the 10th. You can go to heartsupport.com slash gathering. Um, some of the speakers are Jake Lures, uh, the singer of my band, Dave King, uh, who heads up this conference and helps with heart support. Um, doc, uh, Dr. Cara Loral, uh, Waikisha McKinney. Dr. Michelle Sari, Jenna Evans, uh, Donald McAllister. And uh, there's just a lot of really neat things that are going to happen that weekend. We're hoping and praying for uh, a huge attendance. This is the first annual, and we really want to just blow it out of the water. So Holy Ghost Notes is going to help with this a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're interested in helping, probably the best way you can help is just by coming to the conference or to the gathering. If you can't do that, then uh, you can actually sign up to be an inner circle here and we're going to use the funds for um, June, July, whatever it might be to help subsidize this event. Mm -hmm. Yep. So come on out. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And we'll post something up on social about it too. um, Just so everyone uh, is aware, but, um, but yeah, this is right in line with, with the heart of the podcast as well. So it's, it's uh, really cool that you're doing this, Matt. Thank you. Um, thank Jake, Jake for me too. Um, this is like, it's, uh, 
is so good. It's so what needs to be happening right now. <laughs> right. So, um, <clears throat> Absolutely. So, There's a yeah. lot of it. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of mm-hmm. self-harm. Um, let's get together and, and talk st- about yeah, it. Yeah, there's a stigma around it that is unnecessary and uh, rooted in evil, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, for you sure. should never feel bad for for feeling a certain way. <laughs> right. Like, it should never. It should ne- like it should. It should be addressed. It should be treated. It should be. Um, you know, you should make an effort to help yourself, <laughs> but but it, it shouldn't make you feel worse. Than you already do, like right. <laughs> it makes no sense. It just makes why do no we sense need to me. say that, right? Uh, why do we have to say that? It's ridiculous hmm. that we even have to say it, but it's it's so it's so needed right now, man. So so thank you for being a part of that. It's awesome. That's uh that's pray before we get into this. Is that all right? All right. Yeah. You want to take this one? <clears throat> Got it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to get together. Um, as sons and daughters, um, we just can't say enough about how much we appreciate what you've done for us, and yet we just pray and we ask that our lives would reflect that. Uh, and today, God, I, I just pray that you would be with us during this conversation, <clears throat> uh, whether we're driving, eating, working, Whatever it might be, God, I pray that you would soften our hearts, quiet our minds, that we would be able to have a conversation that glorifies you and helps us grow a deeper love and awe and wonder for what you've done for us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So we got some cool topics for you guys. I'm excited to go into it. Our... uh why don't we start with our drum topic? Let's do it. Um, so this one is uh, is really close to home for me. Uh, I revealed some information that I'm not proud of uh, in our inner circle pre-roll today, and that is that I haven't been wait, on wait, the drum wait, kit. Wait. Uh, okay, I haven't been on the drum drum kit since before my son was born four months ago. It's had crazy. to get the splash in here this time. You had to get the splash. It's important. <laughs> yeah. For impact. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest, most dainty symbol, you know? <laughs> of course, of course. It's fitting. So so here I am, this guy talking on this podcast for the last four months about drums and um, about how you can improve your drumming. Uh, we've even talked about practice in just about every episode and, you know, focusing on certain techniques. And here I am not even on the kit. Um, I'm sitting at the kit right now even, um, but I'm not playing <laughs> right. it. I haven't played it, haven't actually played a beat on the drum kit uh, since before my son was born. Um, and actually in the pre-roll, I started going into all of these uh, excuses as to why this hasn't happened. But what we're going to talk about today is getting back to the kit and um, why there aren't any excuses and, uh, and how we can mm-hmm. uh, approach that. So let's dive right into that uh, before our faith topic. Yeah, um, this has a little bit, <laughs> as is typically the case with Holy Ghost notes, <laughs> <laughs> this parallels what we do in faith all the time. So we talk about something and we don't live up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think we can all agree with you, Tim, that we talk about doing something a lot more than we actually do that thing. 
Um, we say we're committed to something and yet how committed are we when the pressure's on? We say right. we love something, but how much do we really love it? Uh, when, when it, when it, when it becomes costly to us. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why the Bible is actually so clear about what you do in private is, is really where your heart is, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. what is it that you really love? And I, I just want to start off by saying that what I'm hearing from you is actually a good thing. Um, and that you are valuing things in your life that need to be valued more than drums. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, unfortunately it probably, it probably shows up to your detriment in that if you're anything like me, if you're listening to this, many of you can probably relate to the fact that drumming just gives you life That's or whatever right. instrument you play gives you life. And I know if I don't play drums for a while, um, let's just say I need to play drums again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'll yeah. be a nicer person. Mm-hmm. Weird, weird thing. So I really respect the fact that you haven't put drums first actually. And the, yeah. the, the point of this conversation today is, is not to say put drums first, like come back to That's the right. kit and stop yeah. doing everything yeah. else. I used to get a question a lot when we first started the band. And the question was something like this, when is it a good time to quit my job and quit college and quit high school and leave home in pursuit of my band? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question, I think is when your band becomes such a large part of your life in all aspects, financially, time commitment, um, demand, mm-hmm. that you ha- you don't have another choice but to say it's either this or that. And too many right. people pursue music or whatever it might be, their hobby, um, at a time that's just not not quite right. And yep. it, it shows up in um, their family structure breaking apart uh, their, their friend group saying, I haven't heard from that person in forever. Right. Um, and so there are certain things that need to be priorities and drums is not one of them. If you have a wife and kids, yeah. um, yep. I know, I know a little bit about this, um, because I've made mistakes over the last, I would say five years in particular, where I've put things before people. And actually the problem really hasn't been drums for me. It, it was my family and my farm. Um, you, you should not, and you cannot afford to do that. You cannot, you can do it. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. And a lot of people do it, but you will lose something. You will lose someone who Mm -hmm. is not worth what you're in pursuit of. It's not, it's absolutely not. So I just need to get that off my chest first, because the point of this drum topic is come back to the kit but the <laughs> the asterisk <laughs> is stipulation, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the asterisk print. is hold on a second. Uh, make sure everything else is intact first. That's right. That's so right. with that said, come back to the kit. If you've been away for a while, it's never too late to start playing again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point of this is really to say, just because you've been away from the kit doesn't mean you haven't gotten better. I know that might seem contradictory, but the areas in which you're growing in your life when not playing drums actually affect your playing as a drummer. So Tim, you coming back to the kit months and months later. Yeah. Maybe you're going to have to shake off some, some cobwebs and, you know, grind down some rust and you will, it actually Mm -hmm. won't take that long because thank God for muscle memory. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, um, you'll be more mature in a sense in your playing and your interests will be different. And at the very least, you'll just be, super excited to be playing drums and holding sticks again. Mm -hmm. 
So that's that's really what I have to say about yeah. it. It's pretty it's, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty simple that's, topic. That's but. it's very simple. Yeah. So I, I want to echo what you said. Drums for me at least is very very much like riding a bike. Um, I haven't ridden a bike in you know a couple years because um, I I can't actually own a bike at my townhouse. There's just nowhere to store it. So oh, really? I haven't okay. ridden a bike in a long time. And I love riding bikes, um, yeah. but I know for a fact whenever I get back on that bike, I'll remember how to ride it. Um, right. It's the same same with drums, and I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said. I, I've definitely seen instances where um, I've gotten back to the kit after a certain amount of time uh, being off the kit, um, and this might be the longest stint for me not playing um, at all, um, but... Uh, Sometimes I'll come back to the kit after a couple months and, like you said, see actual improvement. And and often that's because of the music I'm listening to, like you said. Um, you know, I've been... Because uh, for me as a drummer, as a musician, when I'm listening to music, it's more than just, like, sitting back and listening. I'm usually, like, analyzing parts. I am, you know, learning how to play stuff. I mean, half of the covers that I've done, I have not learned how to play while sitting at the kit. Mm-hmm. I've learned just by listening to it repeatedly, uh, figuring out what it is that they're doing, you know, knowing the parts, <laughs> and then I'll bring it to the kit and right. play it. Um, otherwise, I'm just hitting, you know, play, pause, play, pause, play, pause, and trying to figure out it, you know, figure out the parts piece by piece. Um, and that, for me, wasn't as productive as just listening, breaking it down, figuring it out, and then bringing it to the kit hmm. and trying to play through. Um so to encourage you all, I, I know that I'm sure a lot of you listening are in the same boat as I am. Um, just from the feedback <laughs> that we've seen from this podcast, a lot more a lot more of you have uh, more in common with with me than with Matt. Matt is the touring drummer. He does he plays drums for a living. More of you are in the place where drumming is is a hobby or it is a passion, but it's not necessarily your full time gig. Um, so I'm speaking to all of you. Uh, that um, a you know if you if you are putting your family and your your you know, your children and your job and providing for your family in front of drums, I commend you. It's a it's a hard thing to do. Like Matt said, uh, drumming gives us life. It is uh, it's very easy to get. Again, for me, as we've said so many times in this podcast, it's easy for me to not be the best version of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when music or drumming or creativity is not in the picture. That's so, a good way to put it. Um, so it is really, it, it has been tough, and I have seen um, I have seen the uh, implications of not being on the kit for a while. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's due time. But uh, I want to really quickly, before we jump into our next topic, just talk about, um, pr- you know, practically, how do we do this? Um, because... For me, I have excuse after excuse after excuse, and some of them might be justifiable excuses, but what ultimately is going to get me back to the kit? Um, I have to, me as a person, I have to pragmatically break this down, okay, this is what I do each day, Um, this is what I spend my time doing, Uh, where do I have time, and what can I move around to fit drums in Mm -hmm. to my schedule? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is something that's important for us all to do. A, if we recognize that drumming is that important to us and that needed for us to be sane human beings, it really should be a priority. Um, And I think in most cases, um, I would go as far to say 99% of us 
have the ability to fit it into our schedule mm-hmm. if we really try. Sure. And so the root issue isn't necessarily not having the time to play drums. It's actually not having the motivation to make time to play drums, mm-hmm. which is 100% the case for me. Um, you know, I, I have, like I said, every excuse in the world, and most people would be just like, yeah, totally, you're, you're way too busy. But Honestly, I know if I really want to make it happen, I can make it happen. So that's where I'm coming from. That's where I'm going after this conversation. I'm looking at my schedule and saying, where can I fit it in? Even Mm -hmm. if it's just once a week or once every other week, um, even if it's five minutes, I want to make it happen because I'm seeing that it's affecting me in a negative way, not playing. That's a good way to put it. So uh, I think to your point, it's, it's important that we identify what personality we are. So there are those of you listening who are going to say, um, to your point, Tim, I don't have time, right? And uh, as true as that might be, uh, we all know we can make time for what is important. We are actively doing that. So right now mm-hmm. I'm watching NHL hockey almost every night. I don't really watch hockey until it's the Stanley Cup playoffs and that it's fun. You know, there's more mm-hmm. on the line. Uh, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're watching NHL, you can still watch two out of the three periods and uh, just skip skip the first one. Um, so there there are ways we can create time, but I, I think it's important to identify what, what personality you are. So there are those of us who are going to say, I don't like having the pressure of having to play something well or having to um, live up to that standard I have for myself. So I'd rather not play at all. I'd rather just run from the expectation mm-hmm. and the pressure of being able to do today what I could do four months ago because I don't think I'm going to be able to. And so for that personality, I would say just play for fun because if you play for fun for 15 minutes, as we've talked about, it will turn into an hour because you'll sit down and you will mm-hmm. have fun and you'll say to yourself, wow, I really miss right. this. There are other personalities, and this is the category I fit into, where I need a pressure point. So had August Burns Red never taken off and gotten signed and we started touring, I would probably not be playing drums today. And I know Mm. that might be like, it might come off like hyperbole because I've played drums today and I've been playing for 20 years, but that's just the personality that I have. I would have pursued something else just as much as I did drums, um, something that would have given me success because music didn't. And mm-hmm. so because my band is successful and it's my job and because I play drums for a living, I have all of these pressure points. Like Friday, uh, the day this episode comes out, I'm teaching at a Bible college in the area. I have to have eight mm-hmm. songs prepared. I have to have curriculum to teach. I can't go in there and suck it up. Like I, I, have, yeah. to, I have to kill it, right? So you have mm-hmm. to practice. Um, I have a tour coming up in September. I can't go on tour for seven weeks and not be able to play the songs well. So like for, for me, the thing that brings me back to the kit are these pressure points. And maybe many of you don't have that clinic to teach or tour to go on, but you can create that pressure for yourself in the same Mm -hmm. way that you have a calendar for everything else. I would just go in and say, listen, I want to be able to play this speed by this date. I want to be able to put out a video of me doing this cover by that week at the end of the month, you know, whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. you're going to have to do that for yourself to get yourself back on the kit. Otherwise, the mountain seems too high to climb. If you're the former personality, you need to just get back to the kit and have fun and and not mm-hmm. think so much about the fact that you've lost some of your gains as the, yep, gym, yep. the gym mentality would be. Yeah. 
I think I fall somewhere in between both of those, actually. Oh, really? Um, okay. Because I've seen... So here's a story, um, and maybe we wrap it up with this story, but... Um, so when I was I was working at Guitar Center, I was working a lot of hours at Guitar Center, and uh, we were opening a brand new store, and so I was super busy. Um, I was still pursuing music, um, and uh, I basically got an offer to play drums for this band in Philly, and I had I think two weeks. We had a show at the World Cafe in like two weeks, and I had uh, like ten songs to learn. Jeez. in two weeks um, and I knew like okay I'm working you know 45 50 hours a week um, I'm getting uh, you know I'm living in an apartment so I don't have my drum set up anywhere <laughs> so I had two thing two checks against me I had my drum sitting in road cases that I knew I was gonna have to pick up and drive somewhere I had um, nowhere to practice um, and uh, and I was busy so the way I figured it out, like uh, at the end of the day, I figured it out. I was like, all right, I have to wake up. This was before kids, mind you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I woke up I woke up an hour and a half early. I got the keys to my church uh, where there was a kit set up, and I drove to my church uh, an hour and a half before work, and I um, practiced there, and then I drove to work. And I learned all these, all ten songs in two weeks, and was ready for the show. Um, and there was that pressure there. That was the only reason. That's what got me on the kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I made it happen, and it was worth it. And it was actually really fulfilling. It was it sucked waking up early and driving to church <laughs> every morning, but like at you know once I got on the kit and started playing, I was like, oh, this is this is right. Like I did the right thing. I made the right choice. Um, so I feel like. Uh, I just want to ins- this this topic isn't so much an informative like mind blowing uh, <laughs> topic, but it serves hopefully as an inspiration to you all um, that you know we can find a way to make it happen. Um, and Matt's exactly right. If if pressure is what you need, and it might actually be what I need, like maybe I just need to commit to uh, filming some drum lessons for you guys, and you know say I'm gonna get you a drum lesson every month, and that will get me on the kit mm-hmm. and. It, get me pressing record on the camera um, and get me editing this video to get it out <laughs> each month. If that's what I need, maybe that's what I need. Um, but what it ultimately is going to come down to is is sitting down, looking at my schedule, and making it happen, finding a time where I can fit it in because there is 100% a way to do that for me, um, regardless of everything else going on in life. If it's a priority, there's other things that I'm doing, like watching TV or uh, playing on my Oculus, which mm-hmm. I love doing, um, <laughs> that I can that I can you know move aside, move something else there, and take that extra time and do what what's important, which is playing drums. So I think we do this all the time with things, right? We we set goals. So I want to build a house mm-hmm. in four or five years. That requires yep. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You have to have a reason to wake up in the morning and go to work. If you don't, yep. you're you're not going to enjoy work. There's no value in it. It's not for anything. True. So you have to have an end game with drumming. Like, what are your goals? What are you hoping to achieve? Mm -hmm. And any good teacher will will help on the very first lesson, help you figure out what are your goals? What do you Mm -hmm. want to do? What do you want to accomplish? How can I get you there? Um, I I recommend that everyone listening to this who plays drums or plays an instrument, find something that really gives them that that motivation to sit down and play. It can be just, uh, it gives me joy. That's a great motivator. Mm-hmm. But you have to have something. You have to have something. That's right. 
Good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, Thanks, man. That was that was good. Uh, I just I had it on my my heart this week as I was thinking about what to talk about, and I just felt like this was a topic that somebody needed to hear. Yeah, uh, so, I needed to hear it. So well, there you, you go. Right on. <laughs> there you go. You're that somebody. And I'm that somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, and I hope someone else too that's listening to this. You know, if Me you've too. been away for a while come back Mm -hmm. to playing drums it's it's still it's still there for you and it will give you just as much or if not more joy maybe not right up front because you're going to be frustrated or you're going to feel like you suck but um ultimately it will it's Mm -hmm. if it's in your blood like it is in mine you kind of need it yep that's right awesome so um, we've got a little bit of time left for our faith topic, and I'm excited about this one too. Um, and I'm going to let you preface it a little bit, Matt, mm-hmm. um, because this was kind of your brainchild. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. So <clears throat> the faith topic is that we all live in our own bubble. And the bubble that we live in is a construct of the way we were raised, the challenges we face in life, the examples that have been set for us, the circumstances we found ourselves in, the world we live in is the world that we see from from our perspective. Mm -hmm. So an example would be a single person who is in their 40s or in their 50s might think that everyone else has as much time on their hands as they do, right? Um, if, if you know someone who's single, uh, who's never been married, maybe they've dated a little bit here and there, but they're, they're in their forties, they're in their fifties. Um, you know that they have more time on their hands than you do. If, if you are a parent of four kids and committed to your marriage and also having to work to provide for your family, or maybe your wife is fulfilling that role, whatever it might be, um, but that, that single person is going to look at you and say, hey, do you mind helping me out with this thing that I have to do? And you're saying, okay, I can do that. And you go over and you help them with that thing. And there's just like, you look at their life and you think, man, this is so much more simplistic than mine. And mm-hmm. the way that they approach you is um, that your life is like theirs, right? Or maybe you're a divorced person who, who sees... Um, broken marriages and you have empathy for Mm -hmm. that broken marriage. You look at it and you say, man, my heart breaks because I know what that's like to go through that. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're um, someone who was abused um, and you know that the world is full of pure evil and you know that the world is a painful and broken place. And you look at the person who sees the world as like this perfect bliss, you know, this Joel Osteen idea of like everything is good and every day is Friday. And you think there's just no way this guy believes it's real. Your perspective is really rooted in your experience. Mm -hmm. I think that this is an important thing for us to talk about. It is. In fact, I know it is. I know it is because our, our culture needs more empathy and more of an understanding um, of what someone else is going through. Now, a preface would be that doesn't take away from the fact that there's still truth, right? Like I'm not, I'm not going to get on this slippery slope of saying 
you know, someone else is doing something and you really can't tell them that it's wrong because it's based on their experience in life. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying that truth exists and this person's idea, their convictions tell them that your truth is not theirs based on an mm-hmm. experience they had. Two things can be true at the same time. So you can look at that yeah. person and you can say, wow, their life, their perspective, their morality, their values are way different than mine. That person's mm-hmm. evil. It's me versus them. No. Jesus came to say, actually, um, even the best thing you do on any given day is still filthy and disgusting. And that's why mm-hmm. I gave my life to redeem you and to give you life. And so we are actually um, in the same... <laughs> it seems silly. I need to say this too. We are all in the same boat. Yeah. It does not yeah. mean that truth doesn't exist, but it mm-hmm. does mean it does mean that everyone around you is just like you. Even if they're mm-hmm. doing something that is pure evil, the best thing that you can do with your life is still dirty. It doesn't match up. It's not, it's not going to get you the salvation that, that maybe you think it will. Even if it's not something mm-hmm. you're willing to say, it's just not going to happen. So an example, yeah. so an example of this um, is something I've talked about before, but I want to bring it up because I think it's relevant in this conversation. Uh, I was in Amsterdam years ago and I was alone on the bus. Um, my idea of my band years and years ago was that it's a ministry. It's something that I'm doing so that other people can find what they need, right? And I know that's a really like blunt way of saying it, but if I checked my heart, if I checked my heart, I would have seen that I was looking down my nose at other people who weren't living their lives the way I felt like was the right way to live their lives, mm-hmm. right? And this is, this is a common train of thought in the church. So I was in Amsterdam and... Um, so some of uh, some of my friends and some of the uh, some of the tour had gone out to you know whatever it was the red light district or just to go out and have a good time, and I'm sitting there on the bus and I had this thought. Um, my thought was that it's lonely to sit in a throne of I'm a good person and they're bad people. Hmm. It wasn't giving me anything fulfilling. I didn't actually really even believe it was true, but I had to face the fact that I was staying behind because I felt like it was the moral thing to do. Um, And it really didn't make me feel all that great about myself, even though I felt like it was the right thing to do. So I, I had this, I had this vision. God gave me this vision of a girl who had lived her life as a prostitute selling her body and she, you know, evidently in this vision, she had died and she was facing God and God wasn't actually saying anything to her, but just being in God's presence, um, she knew that he was saying, I love you. And her reaction to mm-hmm. him was, who are you looking at? <laughs> and God said through his, you know, through his presence, I'm looking at you. You're who I see. You're who I'm looking at. I love you. And she said in response, there's no way you're looking at me. And God's saying, yes, I am. And her saying, there's no way. No one's ever looked at me like that. No one's ever really loved me. Everyone's always taken from me. And that kind of love really doesn't exist. And God said, it does. I am love. 
And that's the way I see you, honestly. And she says, mm -hmm. there's no way you're looking at me because look at what I've done with my life, which in fact is the opposite of what the man in the Bible said when he said, look at my life, look at what I've done for you. Her reaction is, look at my life, look at the kind of sinful, broken, dirty life that I've lived. There's no way you're looking at me with that kind of affection. I'm dirty, broken, nothing to offer. And God says, I am. And her response is, if that's true, then I'll follow you forever and ever and ever and some more. No matter what, no matter how much it costs me, because I didn't know that this kind of love exists. Now, what does that say about us? If when it really matters, when you pass on and this life is over and you're facing God, however that looks, if God looks at the brokenhearted, someone who does not value their own life and doesn't feel like they have anything to contribute, if that person's reaction is, I'm broken and yet you love me like that, I will follow you forever. Is that not the Christian response? Is mm -hmm. that not the way that we should be positioning ourselves? And I feel like this topic for me, it makes me, it makes me angry to think about the fact that I lived my life in a way where it was me, like the in-group and the out-group. Mm -hmm. We're inside the church and, oh, everyone's welcome. Come on in. Doors are open. Oh, but um, can you take care of that first? Can you take care mm -hmm. of that thing you have? That's yeah, right. yeah, take care of that thing. That, that's not, mm -mm. Okay, now, yeah, so now you right. can come in. Yeah. Okay, now you mm -hmm. can come in. No, 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 no. Nope, I, I mm -mm, not going to happen. When I look at Jesus, I see a man who looks at that girl and he says, you're the one I want, actually. You're the one yeah. I want. Everyone, no, you guys go out. You think, mm -mm, I don't want you in here. Okay, you're not willing to leave? I'll go out. I'll be with her. The, the way that our life is, is situated for us and our upbringing and the way the church has molded us and our friend group and the people we're listening to and the music we're listening to and the movies we're watching, everything around us is creating this bubble. Is it a bubble you want to be in? Is it including people that are different than you? Are you looking down your mm. nose at other people? I was. Just ask Jake. I was the guy that mm. I was the guy that looked down my nose at some kid asking for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> I was the kid that was like, uh-uh. Mm -mm. No, we don't do that. And thankfully, God gave me Jake, who pretty much punched me and was like, Who are you? <laughs> who are, like what's wrong with you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Dude, that's that's so right on, and and it's it's right on with with a lot of things that I've been thinking about too. Do you have time? I got time. Can we push a little bit? Okay, cool. Because um, I think this is this is like kind of the tip of the iceberg, and I really don't want to like miss out on this opportunity to talk no, about this because this is so. Let's spend ten minutes so talking about this. We got time. For Sounds this. great. All right, awesome. Um, so <laughs> I have a few points here. I think. I think one thing. Uh, do you remember uh, the big uproar, the uh, the the white and gold dress versus the blue and black dress? Remember that? Absolutely. Okay, so it is so funny. I mean, one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. I'm going to shout out Davy Maxwell real quick because he he's has this quote. It's it's all a matter of perspective. Hmm. And there's nev never been anything truer. <laughs> it's, it is so true. We all hold bias. It is just human nature. We have biases, and it comes from our experiences, from our past. 
um, from uh, our bubbles, as Matt's saying. Um, and this is a prime example, uh, you know, Laurel Yanny uh, uproar, the the you know white and gold dress. So this white and gold dress, I just want to talk a little bit about this for a second because um, I took it a step further. I obviously put my weight in the game. I don't remember which one I thought it was, I, but the the reason why people had this argument is because some people saw this dress as blue and gold or blue and black and others saw it as white and gold and it was astonishing that so many people could differ in opinion on this and the reason why is because we all think differently so some people were seeing it as white and gold because technically that's what the dress was if you did not look at the pic or if you looked at the picture as you know without any bias without any lighting or any discoloration in reality when this person took the picture of the dress it was white and gold i pulled the actual hue colors from the picture though <laughs> i have photoshop i pulled the hue i was just curious yeah. i pulled the hue colors and it was a shade of black and a shade of blue the people who thought it was white and gold, they weren't wrong. The dress in reality was white and gold. But the people who were saying it was black and blue weren't wrong either because this picture that they're presented with, the actual hue colors are black and blue. Hmm. <laughs> so no one was wrong. No one was right. It was just a matter of perspective. It was a matter of how you thought. <laughs> are you saying this is what it is in reality or this is what the picture is presenting? Hmm. Um we all have these, I mean, one of the classic, uh, you know, teachable moments was the idea of like, you know, if you have two people facing each other, they're looking at one object. On one side, it's one color. On the other side, it's another color. And these two people have to argue their point. Hmm. I see green. I see red. Well, swap sides real quick. You're both right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're just looking at this side and I'm looking at this side. Right. And that's how it is. I mean, that's how life is with experiences, you know, like we... Um, we all have different experiences and we're not necessarily wrong in our opinions. This is what we've experienced. Mm -hmm. We have every right to feel this way. Um, so how do we overcome that? It's, it's, um, it's love. It's an understanding. Um, you know, Jesus came and he wasn't condemning the sinners. Uh, he wasn't agreeing that what they were doing was right, but he wasn't coming to condemn them. He was coming to love them mm -hmm. because ultimately if he came to condemn them, they wouldn't be changed. Mm -hmm. And this is a per this is your picture is is so good because it exemplifies that. This prostitute, Jesus didn't say, Oh, you're a prostitute. You need to stop. And that's what made her fall in love with God. Hmm. It was him saying, I love you regardless of who you are or what you do. Hmm. And that's what made her change. That's what made her say, Okay, wait a second, I need to follow this guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And ultimately, as a Christian, if you haven't had that experience, really question whether you're following Jesus or not. Mm -hmm. Like, have you had the experience where you're, oh my gosh, I am such a flawed human being. Mm -hmm. I need you in my life. I want to follow your example. I want to be like you because you are, uh, you, this is, this is the truth. Mm. You are the truth. You are the way you are love. If you haven't had that experience, like, Right now, pause this episode and, and think a little bit about <laughs> your Christianity because um, if you're just following Christ because it's convenient or because your friends call themselves Christians or, you know, um, you think about that. Mm -hmm. Is it is it real to you when, you know, when push comes to shove, when when things get tough, is 
are you going to fall back on 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 this truth? Is it actually true to you? Um, this is something that I think is so important because one thing I've noticed too is you know when when everything was heated in the political spectrum, um, I blocked a lot of people um, that I felt were toxic to my um, my mental state, mm-hmm. um, and so that's it's not necessarily wrong that I did that. But now I'm finding that I um, follow the people I've created my own little bubble of people who tr- who think the same same way that I do, and the reason that's an issue is because now I see my perspective hmm. everywhere, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I don't see anyone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. So maybe at the time it was it was good for me to do that for my own sanity. Um, so that I wasn't an angry person all the time, um, you know, but, but now I'm realizing like, I need to be around different people. Like, like we're all different for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, we all think differently for a reason. God created us that way. Um, and that reason is because we can learn, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we can learn to see why this person thinks that way, you know, why they're coming, um, coming from this, uh, position. And, uh, I don't, like Matt said, I don't want to ride the slippery slope of, of denying truth. Uh, truth is an, is an important thing to determine. Uh, the best way to determine the truth is by looking at Jesus and how he lived. I think, um, that's how I try to define my faith and how I try to say, okay, this, uh, this way of thinking is incorrect because it doesn't align with what Jesus has said. Um, that's how I have chosen. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way, but it feels right to me. Um, and and I think as as humans, as Christians, um, we need to do our very best to um, to try to see both sides. Mm-hmm. To uh, you know walk in someone else's shoes, so to speak. That's that's how we're going to better ourselves. Um, for me, it has resulted in, you know, a lot of deconstruction, unfortunately, of my faith and, and taking a step back because, you know, Matt, just like you, when I was in a certain spot, I would hear from people, from friends who weren't Christians saying how much they hated Christians. Mm -hmm. And I could not for the life of me figure out why. Mm -hmm. And then I took a step back and realized, oh, you're right. I kind of dislike these people too, <laughs> and I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I dislike things about myself, and I don't blame you for having this this view of Christians. And and it took that you know that step back, that you know form of deconstruction to start to better myself as as a person, as a as a Christian, and um, and that's important for us all to do, regardless of of. I'm not just talking to Christians; I'm talking to everybody. Like you know, uh, take a step back deconstruct your worldview, mm-hmm. deconstruct what you believe a little bit and, and figure out, you know, why do I have these ideals? Am I completely biased because of this instance that no one else has experienced? Mm-hmm. Like for me, like if, if, uh, and this is a, this is an awful example, but if as a kid, um, you know, some lady with a pink bow in her hair came and slapped me across the face, um, and I've held on for the rest of, you know, for my life up until I was today <laughs> from <laughs> 10 years old or six years old or whenever this instant happened that uh, every single woman with a pink bow could hurt me. Mm-hmm. I have the right to feel that way mm-hmm. because I've experienced this thing. But to put it on everyone else and say, don't ever interact with that lady. She has a pink bow. Mm-hmm. 
Like, how could you possibly think to interact with that lady? Mm -hmm. She is horrible Mm -hmm. and not know anything about her. I'm in the wrong. I have a reason for it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm in the wrong. (laughs) And that is the idea of deconstruction is take a step back, figure out why do I feel this way? Why do I have this bias towards this person? Why do I feel this way about this person or this thing or this people group? Um, and, And figure out, well, maybe this is wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be putting this experience on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's true, and I think it can be we, tested, right? Yeah, that's right. If it's true, it can be tested. And I think that actually is a really good point because I think a lot of us are scared uh, to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it comes down to it and we test the thing that we've been living our lives, we've been basing our lives around this thing, and uh, if we test it, maybe it's wrong, that could be detrimental to everything. Hmm. But I personally, in my experience, it's been painful to figure these things out. It's been painful to find out I'm wrong about this. I've always been wrong about this. I've done this, 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 and this based on that way of thinking, and that way of thinking is wrong. That is so painful. Hmm. But my goodness, has it helped me improve as a person (laughs) at the end of the day, right? Um, So I think um, the takeaway here is, is... Figure out what bubble you're in. Figure out what way of thinking you might have, and and uh, maybe it's time to pop that bubble. So um, I think um, to your point, to your points, um, I think many of us feel like we are without a home. We're in between hmm. a church that we would rather not be associated with all the time and a people group that despises said church. And it makes me think that we're actually in pretty good company because the Bible talks about Jesus being someone who was rejected in his hometown. Mm -hmm. And in his hometown, you can imagine would be religious people who you would think would mesh well with someone who encompasses um, what religion says it stands for. I was talking mm-hmm. to Dave King this morning who heads up heart support with Jake. And I said to him, I said, it just feels like you're a man without a country. And he mm-hmm. said, I, I really feel like I am. He said, um, I, I would rather be with a group of people who rejects the notion of Christianity than with a church that doesn't fully embrace it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I I like that. I like that. I think that that's where I want to live, actually. Because to me, it seems like Jesus is calling us to a dangerous life. A life that does not provide certainty in and of itself. And I think a lot of times religion creates this space that gives us the the facade of security and morality and a future in heaven with God. When I think um, the the girl who meets God, who has n- n- you know nothing to stand on, who has done nothing with her life that she sees as of value, um, she she's the one that that God is looking at and saying, "Man, I love that. I love her heart." I love her heart. And Jesus really mm-hmm. Jesus really shows that all throughout the Bible. And I think I'd rather live in a place where 
when this is, when this is over and I face God, um, I'm looking at him saying, I didn't really feel like I had a place. I, I didn't feel like mm-hmm. I had a place in, in church. And I also didn't really feel at, at home with a group of people that rejected you. It leaves me really just in a relationship with him, dependent on him and really not on any institution or any set group of people. Um, so right. I think if you're listening yeah. to this and you also feel like you, you, you I'm not going to step foot in church and, you know, I, um, I think, I think I would just encourage you to continue pursuing uh, Jesus and reading what he has to say about you and, and listening to him um, because he has so much to say about you and so much to say to you. And mm-hmm. he loves you. He, he wants to be with you and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be overshadowed by experiences you've had in your life, whether positive or negative from the church or outside of the church. His relationship is with you mm-hmm. personally. It doesn't take anyone else. It's mm-hmm. just you and him. Um, I feel like a, a man without a country is a, a pretty good way to wrap this up. And that it leaves us in a relationship directly with Jesus, the one that mm-hmm. calls you and knows you by name and loves mm-hmm. you. You know, he loves you. And um, I think that we need to rest in the fact that there is truth, absolute truth, mm-hmm. cannot be changed, cannot be altered, and it's mostly offensive, actually. Christianity is full of <laughs> offensive right. truths. Jesus was the rock of offense. That's what he's called. Right. But two mm-hmm. things can be true at the same time in that that truth, though it's offensive, uh, it's not just offensive to people who aren't living their lives for Jesus. It's offense. It should be offensive to those that are. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that is the takeaway. And unfortunately, it's not offensive enough to those of us inside the church. We use it as a mm-hmm. weapon and we throw it like a grenade and hope it blows up all of the evil in air quotes on the outside of our church doors so that they can be cleansed in air quotes and brought into the church where they can be with us. Mm -hmm. And I call BS and I want nothing to do with that. We want nothing to do with that. Um, I don't want to live in a world like that because I know that I, I don't deserve uh, to be, loved by Jesus the way that he loves all of us, whether we acknowledge mm-hmm. that or not. Yeah. And a lot of you might have turned this episode off by this point <laughs> because you might be feeling a little called out. Um, I hope not. I hope you suck, till, suck around till this point because you want to know something mind-blowing? These people without a country were, were, were the church. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> the church is not a not uh, the first brethren of of wherever <laughs> uh, the corner of of this and that, you know. The, the church is not a building. The church is not um, a, a denomination. The church is the body of Christ, and that supersedes a location or a way of thinking. And and it's uh, it's foolish to think otherwise. So um, so I see all of you um, who are in the same place as me, not knowing where they belong not knowing uh, what is necessarily right, <laughs> what is necessarily wrong, uh, 
confused because we grew up thinking a certain way and no longer think that way. I, I see you all, and I, I am honored to be uh, part of the body of Christ with mm-hmm. you. <laughs> That's right. That's what I want to end off That's with. Right. We're still we're still the church. Mm-hmm. You, you could be seeking. You, you could not have it all figured out. I guarantee. On the day you die, on the day that you enter heaven, it'll be exactly the same way. <laughs> You'll still be trying to figure it out. <laughs> you won't know what's right, what's wrong. I mean, this is this is literally the Christian mm-hmm. walk for you. Yep, that's right. Paul out- outlines it perfectly too in the New Testament. It's <laughs> man, that's good stuff. This is a really good episode. This stuff. is important to me, and yeah. I I hope that it's uh, I hope it's been helpful to you. Um, if you want to mm-hmm. know more about what um, heart support is about and your life uh, and really everything at the root of, um, you know, what, what I'm talking about in terms of like bringing people in who don't, who don't feel like they have a home. They don't have somewhere to go. They don't have a community. Um, If you live in Lancaster or close by in Pennsylvania, you should come July 8th through the 10th, come out to the gathering, the your life gathering. Um, You can check it out at heart support, dot com slash gathering and thanks nice. for listening and also a huge thanks yeah. to the new uh inner circle members that we have that is yes that is awesome so speaking of a, of a community of um like-minded and individually thinking <laughs> minded people that was horribly worded but you get what i'm trying to say uh we have an amazing inner circle community under us um this is this all stems from our patreon it's patreon.com slash holy ghost notes number of different tiers with different benefits uh i suggest you check it out because i can't actually remember what all the benefits are but um <laughs> Regardless of what tier you sign up under, you get uh, entered into our our community group, um, which is made up of just some fantastic people. We've had uh, very similar conversations in this, Mm -hmm. actually. There was a a conversation about deconstruction, uh, the pros and the cons, and and, um, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether it's necessary, um, which was really cool to be a part of. Um, But these conversations continue what we talk about here on the podcast, and uh, and they've been challenging, um, but supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, the 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 word that a lot of people use to describe this inner circle is just family, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Um, uh, someone, uh, a friend of mine, uh, who's been supporting the podcast and has been has kind of seen the interactions going on within the group has actually reached out to me a couple times. I sent I forwarded the text to Matt, but he was just like, "Dude, this is." This is the church, mm-hmm. man. This is this is what we're supposed to be doing. Like this is <laughs> what we're called to do, and and so it's been really cool for us to see, for Matt and me to see, for for people on the outside coming in, uh, experiencing this. Um, and I just want to thank the members of the inner circle. You guys are awesome people, and um, you really are supporting this podcast and, and helping us grow and uh, continue. Uh, helping us pay our bills. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but I have a few new shout outs uh, for this uh, for this month. So welcome to uh, Caleb Wheeler, Derek Penica, Tyler Jeffrey, Seth Weisenbach, and Jonah Frame. Welcome to the Inner Circle. Thank you guys so much for your support. And um, I'm looking forward to getting to know you all. Uh, I've gotten to know a couple of you already. So um, yeah, thank, thank you, you guys. guys. If you're interested, once again, patreon.com slash notes help support us but it also uh gets you into the uh the inner circle community group, right. which is awesome so 
Good stuff. Yeah. So if you guys have anything, uh, any thoughts or, or or comments or questions, if you've if you're experiencing what we talked about in our drum topic today, with uh, you know needing to get back on the kit, wanting to get back back on the kit, having trouble getting back to the kit, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message or or comment on one of our posts. Um, keep the conversation going. Uh, or if uh, you resonate with anything we've talked about on our faith topic today, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your opinions. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, if there's something that you feel is uh, wrong or you know somewhere that we've misspoke, call us out. Like, I'm not afraid. I'm not going to be offended uh, if you send me a message and say, this is wrong and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in fact, I, I encourage it. Bring it mm-hmm. on, please. Um, you guys need to keep us in check. Um, it's important. So Absolutely. Anything at all that you guys have to say, reach out to us, Matt and Tim at theholyghostness.com, or uh, shoot us a message on one of our socials. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, that about wraps it up for That the does it. Got to run. Thanks for listening, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. See you guys soon. Love you. Peace.